welcome back to series two of Mud Between Your Toes. In this series, I'm going to let my guests do all the talking. People with a great and often inspirational story to tell, or maybe just something funny. So sit back and enjoy Conversations with Pete Wood. Hello, I'm honored today to be speaking to the new mayor of the London borough of Haringey. Councillor Adam Joggy is one of the youngest mayors in London. Born and bred in Haringey to a Jamaican mother and a Zimbabwean father, Adam epitomizes the multicultural and ethnic heritage of North London. So Councillor Adam Joggy, welcome to Conversations with Pete Wood. Good to be with you, Pete. First and foremost, congratulations on becoming mayor. And may I say, it was great to see you in a recent newspaper photo sporting a face mask of a Zimbabwe flag. I want one of those. <laughs> well, thank you very much indeed. It's, uh, it uh, is a huge honor and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying every day of it. You were sent congratulatory messages from all over the world, from world leaders to Zimbabwean citizens. A lot of people have got your back, it seems. Did you, by any chance, get a message from our own President Mngagwa? Uh, <laughs> uh, I, to be, well, look, I, I've been overwhelmed by the reaction to my election. Um, but, you know, as you noted, I have uh, links to and, and roots in many parts of the world. Um, the one thing I should say is my mother's father was Jamaican, but her mother was uh, a working class white woman from the northwest of England uh, in Birkenhead. So I just wanted to make sure I got my, my grandmother's roots in, in there too. Um, I haven't heard from President Mnangagwa yet. Uh, I have heard from a number of uh, um, people from across the world. And as I say, I've been moved, encouraged and motivated by uh, their support and, and confidence in me. I mean, you have a huge job ahead of you. Do you think your mixed heritage is going to be an asset going forward? Sure. I mean, more than uh, my job, it's an asset to me as a human uh, being. I am able to uh, connect with, understand, embrace, acknowledge, celebrate, defend, champion uh, the parts of the world I'm from. I'm particularly part of my Zimbabwean roots. Um, as, as well as as well as the other parts of me but yeah I, I think it will be an asset because it means you can break down barriers it means that people don't think that they haven't got a link to or a connection with the person representing them I think that's important so you know I'm I'm um, I'm carrying all parts of me with me as I carry out these yeah, I, I wanted to talk a little bit, bit about the role of mayor. Um, you are by charter the first citizen of Haringey and take precedence over all other dignitaries in the borough, except, of course, Her Majesty the Queen, members of the royal family, and the Lord Lieutenant. It's a pretty kick-ass position to hold. Yeah, it is. Look, it's big. Um, and I think the amazing thing I've picked up over the last six weeks is that um, people for sure view the mayoralty probably more importantly than i realized i mean i i, I hadn't you know obviously i as a, as a backbench councillor understood the role of mayor and, and and worked with my predecessors in different ways at different times but when you are actually the mayor yourself and when you have the chain around your neck and when you are out and about at engagements talking to people meeting people and you see the reaction of young people, older people, anyone and everyone. Um, it, it is, it's, you know, it's, it's powerful stuff. And I think, um, as you know, that, you know, being first sister means you have to lead by example, uh, but you are, you know, 
one of a team, not a team of one is my approach. And I think that's, that's the approach I'm, I'm taking. I'm carrying everyone with me where and I can. Absolutely. Of course, you have the other somewhat dubious title. Uh, you are called a salt dick, a man who has one foot in Zimbabwe, the other foot in Jamaica, and his tackle hanging down in the sea below. But let's get to your Zimbabwean roots a little later. I want to find out more about your current role. You're a member of the, uh, of, I beg your pardon? Not the royal family, no. <laughs> <laughs> not yet, not yet. No, not you're, you're a member of the Labour Party. How yep. political is a London borough mayor? For example, the mayor of New York City is incredibly influential in politics. Mm. So th this too, uh, the, the direct comparable with the mayor of New York would of course be the mayor of London. Uh, the mayors of London boroughs provide a civic role, rather like the mayor of Ferrari, for example. So there is primarily, although actually that said, the mayor of Ferrari does have some executive power, but, but certainly um, the, the, the mayors of London boroughs are the ceremonial and civic heads. So I suppose if you were to make a comparison, uh, my role would be similar to that of the royal family in terms of carrying out engagements, in terms of bringing people together, in terms of, you know, being out there and acknowledging all the good that takes place. And the leader of the council would probably be compared to the prime minister in terms of executive power and authority to make decisions. So in some ways, I have a better job because it means I can be above the day-to-day -day scrapping of politics and actually reach out to the people, engage with them, represent them, meet them and, and, and understand them. So uh, it's, it, in some ways, it's, it's more fun. It means you don't have to get, um, as I say, uh, bored down by day-to-day -day political combats. But despite that, I mean, you're facing a brave new world that is rife with unfriendly division between different groups of people or disagreement within a group of people. We now have world leaders who appear unhinged. And of course, we have COVID-19. And yet, I suspect your job is to try and bridge all of those divides. It is. And, I, and you know, it's interesting because this year has been like no other in living memory. Uh, it's been difficult for so many you know, people have lost loved ones, friends, family, neighbours, uh, in, a, in a way that is more difficult than it would be usually. Of course, we all die, but um, the unknown and the unpredictability of the coronavirus means that the, you know, the feelings of uncertainty and fear are palpable. And you know, you're right, you know, there are leaders across the political spectrum who are coming out with nonsense, who stand for nonsense and who need to be called out. So yeah, the world is in a state of flux. And I suppose I want to use my role as mayor to be a, a steadying supportive hand to the people in this community. I mean, Haringey is one of the more diverse boroughs of London from you have the very middle class Highgate to more deprived areas in the Northeast. 38% of your constituents are from black, Asian, and minority ethnic groups. And strikingly, there are over 180 languages spoken. How do you manage such a diverse district such as Haringey? Well, I'm lucky. I've lived here my entire life. So when you are born in and are of a, as you say, a, a diverse, um, uh, inclusive, but also challenging and complex community, it, it makes it easier to, to, to get on with my day job because I know, and I am from this part of town, right? I, I haven't thought, oh, I know, I want to be a politician. Let me go and choose somewhere to stand. You know, part of the reasons 
I am now mayor. Part of the reasons I ran for the council in the first place, part of the reasons I'm interested in politics um, is because I'm from here and I've been shaped by the experiences of this community and what makes it. I've been shaped by the challenges that people who live in it face and experience. And uh, but I am I am acutely conscious of the need to ensure that we carry people with us. We bring people together, and people don't fall by the side. And you know, when I was sworn in on October the first, I was um, uh, you know, but not quite an inauguration speech, but uh, you had you know the mayor has to give a speech once elected. And you know, I spoke about the fact that we can't walk by on the other side, and we have to where possible. Hold, you know, hold hands, walk together, and fight the bigots and the haters at every stage, but also celebrate and highlight our diversity and our difference because that's what makes us great. Yeah, um, and you know, they're, they're they're the principles and approach that I I take, and you know, to be fair, most of my colleagues take. I mean, well, you know, we're all different people, but um, with our own different life experiences. But I think the benefit of having been born and brought up here means that you don't get surprised, you don't get shocked. Uh, by you know, a family from this part of the world, or a family from that part of the world, embracing their own culture, but also embracing our collective culture, and and that's what makes London particularly great. You know, it's, it is probably the most international city in terms of peoples and cultures and communities, faiths and and, and none. And you know, um, it's a huge honour. And as you say, you know, over 180 languages spoken. I mean, that that's an amazing tapestry of of uh, people and of uh, cultures and you know it's imperative that we defend that and acknowledge that every step of the way. Yeah it's it's interesting what you said earlier because it's widely reported that your tenet if that's uh, the right word calls for kindness and courtesy I mean we certainly can do with some of that in bucket loads at the moment. Um, sure. do, you, do you still stand by those rules and does does kindness and courtesy work in a place like North London or the North London of today. And the reason why I ask is because the borough is kind of like an anomaly. I get conflicting reports. On the one hand, I read that Haringey has the highest number of injuries from knife crime in London and has the second highest rate of drug use amongst 15 year olds of all London boroughs. And then on the other hand, I read that hate crime is actually on the decrease which is more than we can say about many other parts of the world. Yeah, I mean, look, the specific question was, do I uh, still, um, what's the word, uh, follow the rule of thumb that courtesy and kindness is important? Well, of course, Yeah. Um, you know, uh, it has to be the rule of thumb and I'm determined as mayor to make it so. Uh, most cities, in fact, all cities have challenges around crime and community safety, have challenges around, um, uh, income inequality, and I think income inequality is at the root of many of our social challenges uh, in the world today. You know, the world collectively has had a decade or more of uh, austerity, and that will inevitably have had an impact on uh, how people feel, uh, on and how people behave. But more importantly, it has an impact on the state's ability to support those in need. So, you know, I think there are there, you know, there are political elements to how um, and what the challenges looked like but of course kindness and courtesy has a role to play in politics um uh, certainly here in 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 my neck of the woods and it's you know certainly they are two of the values and the principles that drive me uh, every day 
I mean, of course, it all starts at the top of the pyramid and you're the one at the top. So it makes sense for you to espouse those uh, rules. Um, the other, of course, the other meteor well, storm. It makes sense, but, I, but I mean, it makes sense, Pete. But, you know, just, just thinking about it, it's also what I believe. You know, I'm not yeah. saying, didn't think that's the case, but I, I think it's important that it's, you know, um, I'm almost, I'll be 29 in a few weeks. And at my age, having spent almost seven years on the council, if you aren't in this to make life better and to be sensible and to be decent and to be fair and to be respectful, then you shouldn't be in this game at all. So, um, you know, that's not to say you don't get wound up by people. That's not to say you don't sometimes rise to the bait. But um, if your basic and guiding principle isn't kindness and courtesy, then, uh, then you're in trouble. So are the people you represent. And of course, Adam, the other meteor storm to land on us this year is, of course, COVID-19. How is Haringey coping with that? Well, I mean, like most of the world, uh, the uh, COVID-19 crisis has thrown up so many different challenges, questions, issues, concerns. Um, you know, firstly, my girlfriend is an ICU nurse. So, you know, we're on the front line in terms of hearing of the pressures that our public sector workers, particularly our nurses, uh, are facing to keep us alive and to keep us safe. Um, you know, I also pay tribute to the council staff and the community response who have been brilliant at, you know, rolling up sleeves and helping neighbours. I mean, I, 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 as I've, I've lived in Halsey my whole life, but the, the way the community's rallied around has been so overwhelmingly powerful. And, you know, that's a, a sign that, you know, the kindness and courtesy we were talking about a minute ago is there, and we need to see that rise to the top. So. It's been tough. It is always tough. Seeing people die suddenly in some cases um, has been uh, devastating and difficult. But, um, you know, we have to get through this. And I hope and pray that those in executive positions do all they can now to make sure we get through this crisis as soon as possible. Um, Adam, I lived in London from 1980 to 1993, and homelessness was a terrible problem. And yet you seem to, I, perhaps I'm wrong, uh, but you seem to have tackled homelessness better than other boroughs. With, I'm told only eight people being reported as homeless in May 2020. That's an incredible result. Yeah, well, housing, housing and housing need uh, in a city like London is massive. It's one of the biggest issues that come for me as a, a local member in my own district. Uh, you know, affordability, quality, availability, you know, the, the, the housing crisis is real. And, you know, we have to be very, very, very focused on making sure that people have a safe and secure place to live. And it's a, a principle uh, that I know many of my colleagues um, take very seriously. And as you say, you know, progress made, but there's still a lot to do. And I don't want us to rest in our laurels. And I suppose the benefit of being mayor is, I'm described as, or not me, sorry, the office is described as the conscience of the council. And I suppose that gives the mayor the space and the ability to raise these important issues, whether it's race, whether it's, um, you know, housing and, and fairness and equality, and <clears throat> encourage people who have the power to do something about it to do so. And so whilst acknowledging that some progress has been made, I also you know, call on all those who can do something about it to do something about it and to do that now. In fact, you know, um, each, each year the, the mayor has to uh, select three charities which they will support through their time as mayor. And, and, and housing and homelessness is one that is an issue or are issues that are very important to me. And one of the 
charities I've chosen is Accumulate. Now, Accumulate is a, a charity that focuses um, primarily on helping young homeless men and using arts and the creative industries to help them find a path both through to housing, but also more importantly to a you know a safe and secure job to help facilitate their talents and expertise and to give them the support that they need. And so, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm very much focused on on tackling uh, this issue where we can, and I hope to. Um, have shown that by selecting Accumulate as one of my charities that I'm you know, putting my money where my mouth is. Yeah, I mean, you're 29 years old and quite rightly... Um, you're almost. <laughs> almost, okay. <laughs> uh, quite, quite rightly, you're promising to be a beacon of hope for the youth of Haringey. To, to quote you in a recent story, my generation is becoming increasingly apathetic about politics because they just don't think that anybody cares about them. I speak to my friends and they always tell me that if I get elected, then at least there will be someone in the council who can speak for young people. Uh, is all that going to plan? I hope so. I think so. Um, I mean, I, I think part of part of part of politics and part of making sure people are included and involved is about representation. And if people feel that they're, they're, that they have in their elected representatives folks who look like them, who understand them, who are of and for and from them, then they will be engaged by the very nature of saying, oh, hey, you know what, not only can I vote or should I vote, but I could run for office too. And I, you know, I, I well, it's interesting because uh, just thinking out loud that, um, you know, politics and politics is a very personal thing in the sense that I put myself forward. I think I'm good, which is why I, I ran. I think I'm worthy of people's support. Every other politician must think that if they stand for office. But coming with that approach, though, of course, attracts haters and detractors. And you know, there's only one seat and there may be four people who want the nomination or the rest of it. And, you know, I got involved very, very young and I was. Gosh, think about it. So funny. I was very much, um, you know, the kind of person who people wouldn't. Mind. Oh, yeah, Adam's great. You can deliver leaflets. But then when it came to. Adam wants to be something, or Adam wants to run. Oh, well, hold on, let's see, let's think. Oh, I'm not sure, maybe need some more experience. And I always told myself that I'd never been in a position where I would ever um, not help carry people up the ladder behind me, you know? And I would never not be willing to engage or embrace or support people's interests. I mean, I'll, later this afternoon, I'm speaking to um, a university class at a, a local university because you know it's about the next generation and although I'm still very very young and of course with my uh, with my roots great uh, great genes so you know look very young of course uh, but I um, you know I, I am getting older and society is moving on time is moving on and you want to make sure that there is a next generation behind you to carry out the mantle and so yeah I think it's going well I mean it's funny the other day I was um, talking to a constituent of mine who shall remain nameless but she said to me Oh, my grandson uh, got in trouble yesterday and I said oh, why and she said well they were looking at um, uh, or they're discussing racism in class uh, and he's I think he's eight or nine and at the end of the school day he ran out of the class and he bumped in or there's a parent from of another pupil standing in front of him and this little kid went up to um, the parent and said we've just been talking about racism I think this about racism and stuck his little finger up and um, I heard this story and I immediately wrote to him and I said, dear X, 
um, you know, keep fighting hard. Thank you for standing up against racism. Thank you for being willing to make your feelings known and heard. Never be put in a box. Never feel unafraid to share your views or to fight for what's right. And I said, P.S. Maybe next time, don't swear. But you know, that's all about providing support and encouragement to the next generation. And and so, you know, to answer your question, yeah, I think it is going okay. And and I suppose to anyone who's listening, if it's not, they'll tell me. <laughs> um, and also. Uh me being gay, the LGBT community in Herringay is one of the largest in London. Um, mm. Are you very active within that community, Adam? Uh, well, I'm active in the sense that I uh, would view myself as an ally. Well, active uh, is pro probably the wrong word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, active, for sure, um, in the sense that I'm an ally. You know, any form of bigotry or hatred uh, towards any group or part of our society has got to be called out um, and so yeah you know I'll defend and support and encourage uh, where and when I need to. Good you sound like a saint. As a mayor you must meet a lot of celebrities. <laughs> you should speak to my parents and my girlfriend and probably my haters in the party but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you must meet a lot of celebrities along the way. Um, are you just a little bit starstruck occasionally? Oh for sure uh, not only starstruck but also uh, do you know, it's funny, um, when I was a kid, despite having a big mouth and always being so willing to share my views, and full credit to my mum and dad for always supporting uh, me and my siblings in doing that, uh, I would always get so bloody nervous. I remember I was at university, I went to SAS, and I had, uh, I'm sharing all the secrets now, I had... Um, <laughs> I had... Uh, you're, you're only sharing it to Southern Africa, don't you? Yes, worry. okay. I had this, I mean, I had this innate, I mean, I can't even explain it, this borderline phobia of going to the common room on my own. And so I was always invariably late because I'd have to text my friends, where are you sitting? Because the idea of going in on my own was just, ah, so maybe that's a growing up phase. So, yeah, not only do I um, still get starstruck, of course, but also, um, you know, every time I give a speech, you have a little tingle in your stomach your, you know, uh, your heart uh, flutters a little bit, but that's good because it shows, I think, that I care. That I Absolutely. Want to also, that I'm conscious of making sure I do my role as mayor justice, but also I do the people who are listening uh, justice too. So yeah, for sure I get uh, starstruck. Uh, I'm starstruck talking to you uh, right now. Oh, really? <laughs> now, now, Councillor Drumroll, many of, uh, of my listeners, will want to hear about your Zimbabwean roots. Tell me about mm. that. And indeed, do you ever get to Zimbabwe? Yes, although I haven't been in two and a half years. Uh, last time I was there was actually, yeah, three years now. Last time was 2017. Um, my Zimbabwean roots, well, my father is uh, Zimbabwean. He came to uh, the UK late 70s, I think. Well, in fact, I know. Um, uh, he grew up in Harare, but his both his parents from Mashingo, and um, yeah, you know, it, I, I love it. I have plenty of family there uh, still. I speak to my aunts and cousins and uncles regularly. Well, you know, thanks to WhatsApp, probably daily. Um, I follow Zimbabwean politics and uh, the state of the country daily. Uh, and, you know, I, I very much view myself um, as a son of Zimbabwean, and you do when you know, my mum and dad were very good at making sure that me and my siblings knew our Zimbabwean roots, visited the country. You know, I could jump in the car from 
the part of Hawaii that my uh, grandparents lived in, in waterfalls and drive, you know, to where I wanted to go. Hawaii's not that big in the context of London, uh, but because we spent so much time there uh, over the years, you, you get to know it. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, a proud Zimbo, I suppose, is the best way to put it. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what's your take on the political situation right now in Zimbabwe, Adam? I mean, despite all of its issues, it's still undoubtedly one of the best places to visit. Oh, Zimbabwe is <laughs> uh, it's heaven on earth, right? I mean, from, you know, Kariba to the falls to uh, the Chimani Mani Mountains. I mean, you know, the the um, the the landscape, the people, uh, the culture, the jacaranda trees, uh, you know, the 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 in some ways the 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 politics, if you put it to one side, not that you can obviously because it has an impact on everything and everyone, but if you put it to one side, Zimbabwe is just the most magical place and I very much uh, uh love it and look forward to going home soon. But um what do I make of the political situation? Well, you know, the benefit of being mayor, of course, is one doesn't engage in day-to-day uh, -day political combat. But uh, Zimbabwe, like all of us, is crying out for good government, it's crying out for sound leadership, and it's crying out for um, the kind of program and focus and policies that will genuinely empower people, that will put money in the pockets of uh, everyday Zimbabweans that will have functioning public services and that will have uh, an economy and a society that does its people justice and you know there is some way to go on that. Mm. I think one of the most wonderful sights uh, was to watch all the millions of people out on the streets including the army mm. uh, celebrating Mugabe's ouster. Sadly that was simply smoke and mirrors in the end. Yeah <laughs> I mean, I, I, in fact, it was about this time three years ago, wasn't it? 2017. That's right, yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, I remember I got a Zimbabwean flag and I watched up to uh, Zimbabwe House on the Strand. And, you know, there were black Zimbabweans, there were uh, Asians, there were mixed uh, race Zimbabweans, there were whites. I mean, it was wonderful to see the cosmopolitan fabric that um, uh, is the Zimbabwean diaspora in, in, in London, certainly and probably further afield uh, in the UK, come together to. I suppose reiterate our love and support for uh, Zimbabwe, but also our solidarity with those who are doing the same, as you noted, uh, in in the CBD in, in Hari. So, um, yeah, it was it was magical to see. It is always powerful to see the people say, you know, this is where we are, and this is what we want, and it's for the leaders to listen. Yeah, I mean, Zimbabweans are making waves. Well, not quite making waves, but uh, in the UK, there's the lovely girl yeah. who won The Voice uh, in 2020. Yeah. And there is uh, the result. I tweeted become... her, but she didn't tweet me back. <laughs> uh, uh, so did I, so you're not alone. Um, <laughs> I expect she's pretty busy this week. Yeah, um, and then the other person, of course, uh, uh, the Booker Prize uh, will be announced today, I think. Mm. Uh, and that could be uh, the writer Sitsi, and um, I'm actually reading her book at the moment. It'd be incredible. How are you? Yeah. Um, 
But getting away from the Zim thing, the, the world is paying attention to BLM. Are you happy with the way the movement has developed? And do you agree with the tearing down of monuments and statues? Again, I might be wrong about this, but I heard that there's a hit list drawn up somewhere on the monuments that have to come down. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if there's a hit list, uh, but what I do know is that um, time has for sure come for an honest and open conversation, uh, certainly about race, but also just generally about who we are as a country. Um, just last week, I raised concerns that, um, well, the Labour Party is run by, uh, sorry, the main committee in the Labour Party, excuse me, is the National Executive Committee. And uh, no black man has ever been elected to sit on it. Uh, there were the results to the most recent election came out last Friday, and I tweeted, you know, shame once again we're in the same place where no black man has been elected. And the uh, the chairwoman of my local constituency Labour Party, who I thought would have known better, um, responded uh, in a tweet, "Oh yes, but um, Mish Rahman won. Why aren't you celebrating that?" Now Mish Rahman, I've never met him, but I, I suspect he's a very nice man. Is a Bangladeshi Muslim. Now that is of course important. But being a Bangladeshi Muslim does not equate to the point I was making that no black man, Africa, Caribbean, black man, had been elected. And then, of course, you start thinking about, how, well, how and what does that mean? Because either that was a factional response and therefore that's unacceptable, or people who are non-white are all viewed as the same color and therefore lumped in the same box, which takes us back to a time when my mother's father came here from Jamaica in 1941, where you know, if you weren't white, you were this and you were that and all the rest of it. And so there's so much more progress that we need to make across society here in, in the UK. And, you know, the, the, the Black Lives Matter movement started to shine a light on that need. The fact that it took George Floyd to be murdered and to have someone's neck on his uh, knee on his neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds is beyond comprehension. Um, beyond comprehension, actually. Yeah. But, you know, for, for us to... Um, genuinely honor his life, but the millions of other people over many, many years who have been victims of the most horrific and crude conscious and subconscious racism that still exists today, as judged by that response that was tweeted at me on Friday, the Black Lives Matter movement is important and it's vital. And, um, you know, I have an interesting view on the tearing down of statues. On one level, I can understand the emotional and um, and historical motivation to rid our society of uh, monuments to people who've done wrong. And I fully, in fact, I mean, I understand that. In fact, I, I agree with it to, to a point. Yeah. But the other thing is, if we take it away, we are almost pretending or suggesting, or, you know, we, we, are, we are erasing it and we can't erase, because if we don't learn the experiences that we've gone through and won, how do we make sure that that doesn't happen again? So, you know, it, I have a, complicated isn't the word. On one level, of course, um, the removal of uh, monuments to people, you know, the safe and secure removal, to be clear, uh, I can understand the arguments for, but also I think sometimes if you take it away, you then refute, remove our ability to have those reminders of what we went through and what we need to do to make sure we don't go through it again. Absolutely. Good answer. 
Um, Adam, you're a busy man and we're almost out of time. Now, we know of one other London mayor who went on to becoming prime minister. <clears throat> Can we expect anything from you in the future? Uh, I am very, very happy being Mayor of Harangay. Uh, I'm even happier to be the member for Hornsey on the council and I look forward to, uh, to, to doing both those roles for as long as I want it. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I think we should end on one of your quotes, Adam. I'm not going into politics because I want to be a politician, but because I want to be part of finding a solution. Wise words indeed, sir. Well, yeah, I, I, um, that, that, that approach is still very much uh, what drives me. And I think the day that I'm stopped, uh, I've stopped being motivated by wanting to find solutions and help people is probably the, the day it's time to hang up my boots. But I'm not there yet. And I've, you know, as long as the people want me here, I've got a long way to go. Fantastic. And a lot more to do. Councillor Adam Joggy, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining me on Conversations with Pete Wood. Good to be with you, Pete. And hello, Zimbabwe. <laughs> and Botswana and Mozambique. And Botswana and South Africa and Mozambique <laughs> and Angola and Malawi <laughs> and Zambia. Thank you, Adam. Cheerio. Yes. Thank you. Bye. Bye. That was the charming and enigmatic Councillor Adam Joggy, Mayor of Haringey in London. Well, that's all for now, but if you enjoyed listening to that podcast, you might also find my book, Mud Between Your Toes, faintly amusing. You can buy the book on Amazon. You can find both series one and two of my podcasts on a plethora of platforms, from direct links on my Mud Between Your Toes Facebook page to apps such as Podbean, Apple Music, iTunes Store, Spotify Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, CastBox, TuneIn Radio, and Google Podcasts. So don't miss out on my next episode. Goodbye.